0: Hey guys, welcome to the sixth episode of Klein Talk. After this short hiatus of mine, I took two weeks off because we had school holidays, sort of a chill for me. Um, Yeah, I had fun. It It was a good time. And thanks for waiting for me and waiting for my next podcast episode. I've had a few texts of people saying that they can't wait for this episode, so I hope I don't disappoint. But yeah this it's been uh, it's been great over these past two weeks I've gotten a lot of positive feedback and some negative feedback which of course is part of this job well, it's not really a job I'm not really working for anything um, but I really enjoy making these so thanks for listening to them thank you for tuning in every week to listen to me ramble on about things that I care about and that you might not really care about that much but yeah um today's episode as you could see from the title was, it is about sexual harassment, and I'd just like to make a quick disla- disclaimer. Uh, I'm not really an ep- expert on this topic, and I've also never been sexually harassed, so I might not know really what I'm talking about. Um, if you ever feel the need to correct me or to make any sort of... Um, make a comment on something that I said that you think is wrong, um, don't hesitate to text me on Instagram or... Um, Just text me or write me an email wherever you want, um, and I'll mention you in the next podcast if you want me to. I'm always here for feedback, and yeah, uh, thanks for listening, guys. And now, as is tradition, I'm going to head over to Jake Trapper for the news of this week. So take it away. Hey, guys, it's Jake Trapper from Channel 26 News. Let's get right into your weekly news update. Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, accused of soliciting prostitution. In Venezuela, the tensions are rising, and Jussie Smollett turned himself in on charges of a fake racial crime. This is Channel 26 News. So Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, the people that just won the Super Bowl, uh, was accused of soliciting prostitution in a Florida spa. So he was accused of having an illegal um, prostitution ring, and he was caught up in an investigation, a uh, crackdown in Florida of the spas. They've had a big problem that spas there are just fronts for prostitution. So he's caught up in that investigation. In Venezuela, tensions are rising because Nicolas Maduro is refusing to allow humanitarian aid into the country from Colombia, uh, from the U.S., but through Colombia also from other countries. Um, There have been fights at the border, as um, Maduro has closed the border between Colombia and Venezuela, and also Brazil and Venezuela. So now um, Venezuela only has one border open to Guyana, and also, of course, to the ocean. But uh, it's a pretty terrible situation over there. People are protesting. Juan Guaido, the um, self-proclaimed interim president, is being recognized by more and more countries as the legitimate president, which is making Maduro furious, but um, he uh, Guaido is determined to keep fighting for the pre- presidency and to stop what he calls Maduro's dictatorship. Jesse Smollett, uh, an Empire actor, wa- um, was accused of staging an attack on himself um, in January. He was at, um, uh, he was allegedly attacked by two. Um, men who put a noose around his head and shouted racial and homophobic slurs against him uh, because he is black and gay um which led to a and to an outrage on social media but it recently came out that he faked this attack he had many phone calls with the two brothers right before it happened and gave them a lot of money afterwards Um, so, and he recently turned himself into the authorities. He does still deny the allegations though. Um, his passport was confiscated and he is currently on bond. Um, Brexit talks are getting more and more hectic as, uh, Theresa May struggles to find a deal. She pushed back a very important vote on her new Brexit deal back even further, um, which as it's getting closer and closer. To Brexit dates, the 29th of March, so that's basically a month from now. And people are getting very nervous because there isn't a plan in place yet. So everyone's getting quite scared. Um, R. Kelly was accused of um, sexually assaulting multiple people. Um, most of them were underage at the time that it supposedly happened. He's currently in jail as he could not afford the $1 million bail. Um... And we'll have more on that shortly as he will have his trial during this week. Um, in other news, um, Samsung has a new folding phone, which they call the Samsung Fold, and f- they are the first big company to have a, such a phone um, that can fold into a larger tablet when, if whenever you want to. You can pre-order them now and receive them in April. Um, Elon Musk hosted meme review. I'm not sure if many people will care about that, but uh, it is very nice to see um, people so so big as Elon Musk coming down to YouTube and having some fun. Um, the, uh, the FA Cup final recently happened, and there was a bit of controversy with Chelsea, and that's it. Thank you very much for listening. Channel 26 News. Thank you, Jake Trapper, for the the interesting stuff going on there. Um, The thing about Chelsea that he was talking about, uh, the keeper did not want to leave the pitch during the game, right before the penalty shootout. Um, For some reason, he wanted to stay on the pitch, which was seen as very weird by most people. He refused to be subbed out, which was a little crazy. Now to the main topic of today. As I already said, and as you saw by the title, this week is about sexual abuse. Now, um, it, if it sounds like a broad topic, it is. It's an extremely broad topic, and but I think an extremely important one, as um, it's been a big thing in recent days. Well, in the last year it's been a very important topic but recently with the catholic church a lot of stuff has been happening last week there was a convention with all the big cardinals and all the um high ranking catholic church officials uh, that had a meeting with the pope there and um just everyone important because of sexual abuse accusations that have been flying around the catholic church because people are finally feeling empowered to, uh, accuse these giants, these cardinals, um, of sexually abusing them. Um, and I think that some people are slightly underwhelmed by this story, um, like me, because when we think of priests, um, especially Catholic priests, um, it, it, it sort of makes sense who would be in that job—the the homosexual pedophiles or just pedophiles in general, because if you have a volunteering job, as priesthood is, a sort of volunteering job, um, and you work with young boys the entire time, it—who's going to take that job? Of course, the um, the uh, sorry, the homosexual. Pedophiles are going to take that job. So it's not that much of a surprise that these people take the jobs It's like boy scout leader who's gonna take a such a I would say strenuous but a a voluntary job where all you do is work with little boys and It seems sort of logical that that would happen. But now finally um, we're getting confirmations of this Hey guys, it's uh, Michael from the future here. I'm sitting here editing this podcast, and I realized what I said here might be a little too extreme. I didn't mean all priests are like this, and or all Boy Scout leaders are like this. What I actually meant was um, that it's unsurprising that some of the people that take these jobs are pedophiles and homosexuals. Of course, that definitely doesn't mean that all of them are, or that most of them are. I assume that it's very few. But um, even though it is very few, it is unsurprising that some of the people are. And I think it's really great that the community is talking about this and bringing this to light, Such uh, people such as the Pope or the other priests or the people that uh, suffered this abuse. Um, I think it's really great that they're bringing that to light. So now I think you can go back to past Michael talking about this and just remember if it seems too extreme that i'm talking about everyone i'm not and yeah so just so you keep that in mind that uh the priesthood isn't as sort of clean and celibate as we thought it was of course you have all these priests um sort of portraying that they're celibate and stuff like that and you people wonder why they um, molest boys or molest the people they work with it's really not that surprising but uh, many people have started speaking out against them uh, in the last few weeks there's been a huge wave of um, uh, of priests being convicted which i think is great because people uh, sexual predators should be um, put behind bars it's as soon as possible and it's great that people finally feel empowered to come out and talk about what happened to them in old times now the most recent conviction is george pell who is uh, uh, sort of affectionately known as the vatican's third ranking official after the pope and someone else he's the fi- he's the fine or he was the financial um sort of minister of the Vatican he was um, responsible for the finances there um and was accused of molesting two choir boys in 1996 um he was convicted in December and people might be wondering why did it only come out today that he is well today yeah uh, yesterday that he did these things and uh, the reason is the there was a gag order put in place on the on the uh, case so no one was able to talk about it but finally the Vatican has felt the need to come out and say that he was convicted of it and he is in fact guilty of it and he was removed from his post of course right away the Pope Francis said there will be a crackdown on people that molest children, which I think is great. Um, he, If he, what he's saying is true, it's amazing that they're finally really going to take a hard look at this problem and try and fix it. And P- Pope Francis, I listened to his speech, and he seems genuine, which is pretty good. I'm quite happy with what he's been preaching, so to say. Um, now... Of course, I said that it's great for people to feel empowered uh, to come out and speak up against sexual abuse, but that isn't the only thing that um, that empowering women or also these young boys does in, um, let's say, the non-Christian world when it comes to sexual abuse. Last year... The Me Too movement was some was a huge movement in the, uh, mostly in the U.S. And mostly in Hollywood, but everywhere else in the world too. Everywhere else in the Western world. If you're unfamiliar with the Me Too campaign, it's just a um, it was women being told to be ready to come out and accuse their bosses, their their CEOs at their companies, or people they worked with, like. Harvey Weinstein and people like that who sexually abused them or required sexual favors from them to get them further in a, in a job, which of course, um, everyone, I think everyone agrees that's terrible. There shouldn't be any sort of sexual relationship, um, in those professional environments. And yeah, I think everyone can agree that it's terrible. And Yet again, people were finally coming out and saying, well, I was sexually harassed, and on Twitter, the hashtag me too uh, uh, came up, and everyone was talking about it and saying, hashtag me this guy sexually harassed me, this guy sexually harassed me, hashtag me too. Now, uh, of course, many um, appalling women... Took that as a chance to uh, falsely accuse men that they didn't like or something like that, and get them scrutinized and basically have their lives destroyed. But that's sort of the same thing that happens with uh, false rape accusations. Well, false uh, rape accusations, of course, are horrifying. I think they think they the the people that do have um, make a false rape accusation should be put into jail as long as the rapist would have gone, because it's really um, it's really a terrible thing to do to falsely accuse someone of rape and um, then be able to walk on the streets or whatever while you've probably destroyed their lives already with the accusation. But the thing I really want to talk about with Me Too is an article that I recently read in the New York Times, which gave some interesting statistics that had to do with the Me Too movement. They said that um, one-on-one meetings from a male boss to a female subordinate have decreased substantially in the last few months because the bosses are scared to talk to these women. Now, you might be sort of... Uh, you. Uh, you might be confused with why that would be, and I was, uh, I was confused at first as well, but what they say is that because Me Too is such an easy way to accuse someone, um, they were scared that when um, if they talked one-on-one to women in their offices, whatever, uh, they were scared of what the woman would say afterwards, what, um, would be said about their meeting what would be said about what happened and they were scared that they could be wrapped up in this me too um accusation ring as well uh which some people would say and i would say as well is well if you don't do anything why should you be scared but on the other side the so um In many cases of the Me Too, the evidence of them being alone in a room together has already led to people being extremely mad at the individual because they just spent time alone together, no one really knows what happened, and they automatically believe the self-proclaimed victim. Which I thought was an interesting take by the New York Times, Um, but... As it was supported by facts that um, this Me Too movement isn't only helping women in the in the sort of job environment; it's also it, it's also hurting them by um, sort of making their job opportunities, I guess, harder to achieve because m- the male bosses are scared of working with them. I thought it was a, a weird thing to sort of consider when you're when you're sec- uh, accusing someone of sexual abuse. It's an interesting um, problem that comes up with this Me Too movement. Now, uh, of course, this is sort of a niche problem that uh, the. Um, I don't think this would affect most women, but I would encourage the male bosses to um, sort of just have faith in the females that work for them and just talk to them, and if they feel like they deserve a promotion, give it to them and stuff like that. But um, I also think people should, of the Me Too sort of campaign, should be careful to not believe uh, women too fast, I guess, the the... Um, especially with crimes of sexual nature, believing the victim or um, believing that the accused is guilty right away is happening way too fast. For example, in the Brett Kavanaugh case with Christine Ford, many people said Brett Kavanaugh was a terrible candidate because he sexually harassed Christine Ford. Now, he might have done that, but there was no evidence for it. And in dubio pro reo, so uh, when in doubt for the accused, people really shouldn't um, believe an accusation right away. It's um, detrimental to society because men are scared to interact with women, and it's also detrimental to the women's image if it turns out to be false. Um and and false accusations can really ruin someone's life if someone believes them if uh many people believe it um such as there was a student i think at yale who was um expelled from school just because of an accusation and afterwards it came out that the woman had dreamed uh the encounter had dreamt the encounter and um but the guy was already expelled he had missed four months of his education which is um i would say quite terrible uh and i think people that say women should be empowered women should be empowered it's great um the they should be careful with the negative consequences that it can have now i'm not saying that um what they're fighting for is bad it's just you should really consider what consequences your actions can have um no matter how good your intentions people will always see the bad things in your actions and with these things the bad things that people can see can be very very bad and very i'm um, discerning uh, concerning for your cause It's sort of like what I said with the quotas in, I think, my uh, second episode, or my third one, where people will get mad at quotas and say, well, she was allowed into the, the position just because she's a woman, because of this quota, I'm actually better. Even if that isn't the case, people will think that, and what people think is important so you, re- you really have to be careful with the um the hashtag me too and things like that or uh, organizations like time's up which we're going to talk a bit uh, about a bit later um it's just these uh you might be doing this out of really righteous reasons and saying wow we should really empower women to do things but not all women are w- such so kind-hearted that they would only say the truth people will use these movements to their advantage and um accuse people that they don't like ruin their lives and stuff like that um and i think people should really be careful but uh generally of course the me too movement is great it's fine it's great that women can finally talk about things that happen to them and things that uh uh, and uh, horrible things that men have done to them and to get these men behind bars. But uh, the quick quick, um, acceptance of accusations and the um, animosity it can create and the reluctance to talk to women it can create um, are things to be reckoned with. Now, time's up, which is a big... um, a similar movement but not not originating from twitter it's uh, originating from a woman named lisa borders who started the movement in january um of last year so january 2018 um has had a recent controversy uh, which uh regarding sexual abuse so to say um the uh, Time's Up will be known to many people from receiving celebrity endorsements, such as Emma Watson, which is the reason I know it. I'm a big fan of Emma Watson. Um, Time's Up is sort of a similar idea to me, too, but it's it's supposed to be broader. It's supposed to be not just a sort of Twitter, um, Twitter phenomenon that happened. It's more so supposed to be an actual organization helping people to accuse um, terrible men and uh, get them out of their jobs and whatever if they sexually abuse people. Which is great that these people are receiving support. But there was an interesting controversy this past week. So last Friday, um, Lisa Borders, the, um, the leader of the Time's Up group, the president of the Times Up group uh, said that she would be resigning because of accusations made against her own son. Now, now, what's interesting about this? Um, that that's all we know. Um, sec- uh, accusations of sexual abuse were made against her son, and she resigned because of that. Now, the interesting thing is here, we don't know anything more about the accusations, so I'm going to assume these are just accusations right now and that there is no evidence for them, and I feel like her having to resign is a symptom of exactly her movement. It's quite ironic that she feels the need to resign just because accusations were made against her son. Now, uh, which is sort of like people being called to resign or people being called to not be in the Supreme Court just because accusations were made against them. Now, if there's evidence brought with those accusations and they are convicted of the crime, then of course, they should, she should, well, she um, she doesn't necessarily have to resign, but Brett Kavanaugh shouldn't be in the Supreme Court. Other people shouldn't be CEOs of companies. Now, the fact that she felt the need to resign is A bit weird to me, of course, because it is her son, and not her. So just because her son was is a bad egg, so to say, um, doesn't mean she has to resign. She can say, "I'm going to fight against all sexual harassment, even the ones, even the crimes committed by my own son." Which I'm not sure would be a great propaganda piece. But who am I to say how propaganda works? I think it would be an interesting take on how uh, how she feels the need to fight for Time's Up and uh, sexual abuse, and, well, fight against sexual abuse, not fight for s- sexual abuse. Um, but, of course, that she feels the need to resign is a bit her fault, and also a bit Time's Up fault, where they fight to make people resign right away, right when accusations have been made against them, and I think that's what has been hitting her. And um, this sort of pre- premature resignation of people does, of course, make people suspicious as well. So people are thinking, well, if she resigns because of just because of accusations, there must be some sort of merit to these accusations, which... And of course, if you don't resign, it says, well, of course, he feels like he's right. And that's why he's not resigning, which is um, something that we can tie back to the beginning of this uh, sort of part of the podcast. The um, with the church, the Catholic Church, where none of the cardinals really resigned, even because of these accusations for the past 20 years. Everyone felt like, well, if they're not resigning, they feel like they're right um no matter if they were or if they weren't um which is maybe why it took so long for the uh, them finally to really be convicted as all of this is coming out but of course uh the resignation of lisa borders is a bit weird to me um if there really isn't a problem but who am i to judge her actions and i hope her family issues can be resolved rather soon so i think that's sort of enough about the sexual abuse topic sorry if it was a bit rambly i tend to get that way now we're gonna quickly talk about the oscars um which happened last um no it was uh sunday night so the best picture was won by green book and now i really have to say i have no idea i never heard of that movie um so i guess uh, i should watch it i probably should think well yeah i think everyone should watch it if it won best picture but it was sort of a coming out of behind victory which was a bit weird uh, no one really knew what it was well no one that i talked to knew what it was i would have loved to see black Klansmen win but of course that's not really what happened um bohemian rhapsody was also a front runner so yeah um everything people really expected um the best original song was um of course Set shallow by lady gaga the um and uh the best original music score was black panther with um appearances by kendrick lamar but the score was written by Lu- ludwig goransson i hope i didn't butcher that name but yeah um, the best actor was rami malek from bohemian rhapsody which i think was great uh, it was a great movie about queen um, if anyone has any time they should definitely check it out i won't be doing a movie review now but uh, you really should look at that the best actress was olivia coleman from the favorite um with many people running up very closely like lady gaga and glenn close um who i think they all deserve to win but uh, olivia coleman took the statue best supporting actor was um maher shala ali i hope i said that name right um for green book where he played the black pianist in uh in that it's a movie about a black pianist in the 60s in the south So it sounds like an interesting movie. Um, I haven't seen it, though, so I can't comment. Best supporting actress was Regina King from If Beale Street Could Talk. I haven't seen that movie. Can't really comment on that. And the best animated feature, as I predicted in my first podcast, was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which I thought was a great, great movie. I really enjoyed it. And, yeah, that's sort of all that I think is interesting. Best director went to Alfonso Cuaron, who did Roma, the movie about Spain. I didn't really hear that much about it, but I heard it was good. So yeah, Uh, that's sort of everything that happened at the Oscars. Um, I'll try and check out Green Book, and I encourage you guys to check out Green Book as well. And of course, Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse, to see why these, um, why these movies, and why these people won these awards so I think with that I'm gonna end this podcast so thank you to anchor again for hosting my podcast they're a great um, company and they if you want to make your own podcast it'd be great to do it with them it's really easy to do and it's nice so thanks to anchor Uh, thanks to you guys for listening and I'll see you guys next week